Marvel wrong for naming Bucky's fine ass Bucky because you know that's all a girl thinking about is how she gonna buck when she on that ride. You're listening to that blessed and highly flavored podcast. It's only because a nigga blessed. Welcome back to Black Girl Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We are back for another episode of Westworld. This is season one, episode two, entitled Chestnut. This episode was written by Jonathan Nolan and Lisa Joy, directed by Richard J. Lewis, who is most known for Whale Music and Barney's version. That sounds like it needs to be on the... What's the TLC channel? Like it's going to be the purple dinosaur (laughs) mask off. This was the real story of how it went down. I give this episode a 9.4 out of 10. Logan is such a piece of garbage and just his deplorable attitude. This entire episode really dragged it down. However, there were some interesting developments with a certain madam as well as some world building where we get the pov of what it's like to be a guest for the first time in this park through a character named william the most normal person we've seen thus far being a first timer so we start the recap with a male voice telling dolores to wake up and ask if she remembers she ominously awakens in the middle of the night and walks outside. Then we go to William awaking from a nap on a train and he opens his eyes to some blue eyes and a blonde haired waitress who is taking his glass away and he admires the view as she is making her way away from him. You know what to do with that big fat butt. Wiggle, wiggle, wiggle. Wiggle, wiggle, wiggle. Wiggle, wiggle, wiggle. Just a little bit of... Considering Dolores gave him a very similar doe-eye type of look, I would say that William has a type and we learned that this world is meant to seduce the guests that are brought into it. So I thought that was a nice parallel to show that he did indeed smile at this particular waitress and admired her look. And that is also the type of person he did tip his hat to at the end, picking up her can. It's a new tidbit discerned from rewatching as well. Logan, who himself at his complete core is an asshole, is played by Ben Barnes, who is also pretty yummy on the eyes he is taking william on his first little vacay into this theme park for rich people as a way to welcome him into the family since he is going to be marrying his sister he calls him an uptight prick and hopes this will relax him he also mentions that the place that they're going they're going to have much hotter women than the one he thought was beautiful enough he mentions that his sister also had casual sex with the host when she visited and tells him to stop being a prude 
it's clear that logan is down to fuck men and women he is not approved at all while conservative william is escorted by angela and he gets some of the rundown of the park they ask about his health if he's had any conditions any phobias fears does he have anxiety in social situations it's all to ensure his experience isn't triggering and she tells him that while he can't get actually hurt like die in the park there are levels of pain that people kind of like and then he blushes like a schoolgirl. so he clearly does not or schoolboy doesn't matter doesn't have to be a girl to blush she also explains all guests start at the center of the park also known as the most safe called Sweetwater. however the further out you go the less safe it becomes and she tells him it's all about the choices that you make william has an array of costume and props that are bespoken to him to choose from and has the choice of a white hat or a black hat in various sizes he chooses the white hat of course he chooses the white hat we know william is a good person in harrison with his douchey soon-to-be brother-in-law he even turns down sex with angela when she tries to get off frisky saying he has someone at home his fiance and he's not about to cheat on her he also asks if she's real and she replies well if you can't tell does it matter take that's a philosophical question lightly to get us killed and the rest of humanity for 10,000 Alex thank you he joins Logan who is zipping up his pants he probably smells like hand sanitizer and semen you know that's what he smells like he just come out there didn't shower nothing could have probably smells like sweat as well he just looks so nasty and he's wearing black of course he is like an absolute douchebag what's cool is the train takes you from the welcome center to the park itself you ride right into it and they discover we discover the audience the same time as william does pause and backpedal a bit to bernard and elsie she has been reviewing footage of peter abernathy and realized that he mulled over that photo long after he found it and she thinks that's a breakdown in his cognition and wants bernard's help proving this by restoring abernathy himself she also points out that the mistake she believes is linked back to ford and knows that bernard is covering for the old man and he tells her that you need to leave the stories to the guests that this shit is not about to be contagious we then transition to the first horseman of the apocalypse pestilence herself cheerily walking into town and then she hears remember the entire scene transitions to the town being surrounded by dead bodies and goes to the dire wolf for reasons 
Maeve says, look girl, I need your ass to move along because I do not want anyone to think you are a representation of the goods that are inside. So Dolores creepily turns around and tells her these violent delights have violent ends. Yeah, that's 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 some cancer right there. But um she then smiles rather smugly and walks away. Maeve looks wary, like this crazy heifer just juju cursed me. Back to William, he is very delighted with the world around him and fascinated. Whereas Logan tells him this place seduces everyone eventually because it's the answer to the question of who you really are. And Logan can't wait to meet that guy and hope it's not the Boy Scout he has known all this time. Lawrence, we meet being sentenced to hang until his deceased soul has found its measure in the flames below. Jesus Christ. Then the man in black shows up. He tells the sheriff, I'm gonna need you to cut my mans down because he's a friend of mine and we need to have a conversation. The sheriff tells him you can have a conversation with his corpse, but that's not going to work for the man in black. So he murders them all. And I did laugh when the one guy was running and he's like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. (laughs) And then Lawrence takes off his, his blindfold and says, motherfucker. The man in black says, that's not no way to greet an old friend or to say thank you. And not only does Lawrence not recognize who the hell this man is, does not know anybody named Kissy, and can't fathom why he just tossed him that man's scalp with this maze on it. Man in Black explains that the maze is the deepest level of this game, and he intends to get himself that fucking Easter egg by finding the entrance, and Lawrence is going to help him with that. Something that really caught my attention is the fact that he called this man his friend and instead of just i don't know finding him a horse i'm sure we could have found one nearby but even even not finding him a horse felt the need to degrade him by having him hogtied and walking at the back of his horse at the saloon mave is trying to charm a rather shy newcomer But his interest is wanting in her long-winded ass story and he gives up absolutely when she freezes recalling a violent scene of her about to get scalped during a Native American attack. She is brought in by narrative and is told by tablet douchebag what's the problem he'd fuck her but she's being assessed as possible dead weight to make room for Lee Sizemore's new narrative if her numbers don't get back up. And I'm like, wait, even controlled, these hosts have to reach quotas? Excuse me? What the eh? So they decide to bump her aggression because a hooker doesn't need to play coy. That's a white feminist lady that said that. She's a Trump supporter. Ford is wandering the halls looking for his protege who he finds amongst 
their creations and he is feeling guilty about the two hosts that were decommissioned because Ford taught him how to make them but not how to turn them off basically i killed two dead people is how he feels or kill two people you know what i mean <laughs> kill two dead people kill two not real quote-unquote people and ford replies you can't play god without being acquainted with the devil this show just has the best lines kind of plays into the whole there's a big if you're watching the expanse right now marco and naros debate like some are like how could you even think to get behind this man girl you you ain't been oppressed that's why <laughs> that's why you don't understand you can't get it you can't comprehend it you've not been a part of that class of society in which i'm not saying we should do it but in some ways if the if the i think i was just talking about this in the podcast for bridgerton I need to remember it's Bridgerton and not Bridgerton (laughs) that sometimes if you need to fix something the wheel has to be completely broken and this is that's one way to break the wheel is to do something asininely um homicidal and it does fall in line with some of the greatest leaders of all time that are praised for their accomplishments and their there justifies the means like the things in which were horrible are rather circumvented in comparison to to the greater good or to the the success it created the life-altering historic change later i guess case in point genghis khan peter the great alexander the great almost all of the greats with the exception of maybe the russian print well even that even that um they come definitely with their own amount of of sins despite bernard's dismissal earlier about elsie's concerns he does agree with her assessment and thinks that it's possibly sabotage hopefully Four tells him what they do is complicated as they watch a host being built and he references Occam's razor life out of chaos but the irony is it's considered witchcraft speak the right words create life itself the hypocrisy is that they'd be burned at the stake for usurping what only many religions believe God can do this is the great debate of science versus religion there's another line from ford this episode which is everything is magic except to the magician so it's all about we consider what is impossible to be fantastical and yet we continue to break down those impossibilities with real scientific possibilities and thus we what we don't understand yet is still just science that we haven't caught up with it's not necessarily mystical or um fantastical in that type of way i love the way in which this show brings up these philosophical questions and they're not answering them for you for the most part but they definitely pose very real 
life questions that many people probably don't think about very often because many aren't searching for purpose. Many people find their purpose cemented in familiarity of family or this, that, and the other thing. But as far as philosophical purpose, a lot of people don't spend a great deal of time digesting the universe. And hey, to each their own. I'm not, I guess that sounded judgmental when I said it like that, because it's not. Pondering the universe can lead to madness. And I think there's a great deal of uh, talk about that in this show as well. It's knowledge is both a blessing and a curse. And I, I just love the way in which this show highlights that. Logan is acting like every YouTuber in the comment section hyping up a moment before the reactor has a chance to see it like let them fucking watch the show and chill bro like william wants to be amazed at what he's seeing and he's like oh no that's 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 uh simplistic and boring i just want to get to the good shit the more demented crap he's also the type of person that would take complete pleasure in a fake world where he can toss around his ego as if he's Caesar talking about I'm gonna make you beg for it what boy she ain't got she ain't gonna say no she can't she can't give consent one way or the other so what do you mean you gonna make me beg for it why do I need to beg for it when it's clear it's just an act (laughs) you delusional fuck but he just wants to feel like the king of the castle william the gentleman helps a old man who falls off of a wagon but logan tells him he's just gonna rope you into some bullshit treasure hunt and oh my god why would he want to do that he says let's get a drink he does reiterate the place is trying to lure him in a direction dolores not meeting up with teddy this time is tucking her goods away when she stares into a storefront window and is then told to bring herself back online by bernie who asks in a very remote and different location if she recalls the last conversation that they've had she says i do and he says and you haven't told anyone about the conversations that we've had you told me not to And then he tells her to step into analysis. How many interactions has she had since they've last spoken? 138 encounters to make sure she has not been tampered with before he tells her she can resume being her normal self. I love the way that the actresses can stretch their muscles moving between different roles as the host because Evan Rachel Wood she has to that is her name right she has to you know have the accent lose the accent be very straightforward without any emotion and then when she's back to Laura she has to have emotion a lot going on in a a very small amount of time and he tells her look I need you to tell no one about the shit we've been discussing because I know you're different and I like the way your brain thinks but others Shut the 
But he says, nah, girl, you ain't done nothing wrong. And then she says, have you done something wrong? And then he tells her to erase the interaction, being all impertinent, and to get your ass back out there before you're missed. Gonna try to step to me and ask me if I'm doing something wrong. That is none of your business, ma'am. None of your business. A more aggressive Maeve tries to get a woman this time to fall for her lure, but it's too aggressive and the lady declines she has a thing for soft types it would seem so she goes to the bar asks for the good sherry not the shit he strains through the curtains oh that's nasty clementine yawns and she tells her i've told you never open your mouth that wide unless someone is paying you for it clementine says that she has not been getting sleep because she's been having nightmares Maeve softens and tells her that when she can't sleep or has nightmares she counts backwards from three to wake herself up nice and safe and warm in her bed to get fucked back to sleep by these assholes with miniature peckers the ladies toast before she pops her on the ass and tells her to get back to work then she has a flashback once again and it seems that a child's hand was in hers visibly she is rattled despite telling a concerned teddy to mind his business as well she is later flagged by qa for decommission as her status continues to decline and clementine is tasked with the madam position as she has done that before bernie finds Teresa smoking and realizes that she has been talking to corporate since that's what she tends to do after a bad call and she tells him that this character analysis is not very charming Teresa says as long as everything is on schedule we have nothing to worry about but isn't very impressed by the fact that the guests just love to rape and pillage when they get to the park William is just trying to eat his dinner and acclimate but Logan is a frat boy and when the old man can't stop enticing William to go on the treasure hunt he stabs him in the hand before engaging in a threesome while William cleans the blood off of his hat and declines the advances of Clementine I would have left his ass right then and there I don't know why you needed him I will call you matter of fact we'll just meet back at home there is no way he could have been going any further on this trip with me The asshole train continues, however, with Lee Sizemore, who doesn't like the nose of one of the hosts. And when he is asked if they could just shave it down to save time, he destroys the face itself with a tray and yells to start the fuck over. Why you being a dickhead fool? Stop being a dickhead. Teresa declines his need for 50 additional hosts to make a savage horde but does allow him 20 he asks has ford even approved your new narrative but lee says he has not been concerned or weighed in in the past years the old man himself takes a trip up top into the park via elevator and encounters a boy who eerily looks like himself and after a small conversation and showing him he is in fact god of this world orders the host child to go back home william also has taken lawrence back home and remarks that despite all the adventures they've had 
knowing the tune he whistles when he takes a piss he never told him that he had a family well yeah it's a one-part bff he don't know who the fuck you are (laughs) and this is how you treat your friends when lawrence can't confess to where the interest of the maze is because he don't know shit mib says well fine i'm gonna gun down all of your damn cousins in the town that's racist why he gotta have all the cousins be related to him when management qa is notified of this homicidal destruction of property on many miles of said property the lesser hemsworth brother says this guest gets whatever he wants I think his name is Stubbs. It is. It's Stubbs. Men in Black then kills the wife after dancing with her in front of father and child, and even had the daughter holding the bullet that he would use to shoot the mother in the head. But after this, it's coldly told by the little girl that the maze is not meant for you. And then he says, See, I told you, Lawrence, I was going to get my Easter egg and she says follow the blood aurora where the snake lays its eggs man in black also tells lawrence that he's been coming here for 30 years someone please escort the senile crazy man off the property and that he likes this world better than the real one and that this time he is never going back bernie and Teresa are fucking y'all which makes sense that he would be all up in her personal space and knowing her so well and why she hasn't sucked him in the mouth for his impertinence i love that fireplace though that was noise bernie explains that the hosts talk to each other when guests aren't around to error correct to make themselves more human she asks if that's what he's doing right now because he and she rarely have conversations they have sex Elsie rescues Mae from retcon, recon, one of those words, as behavior makes the call on who gets decommissioned, not QA, and she bumps up her perception and emotional acuity because that's all she needs to deal with these assholes coming through the door, not aggression and she notices some discomfort so she schedules her a physical on next rotation the tech asks if they dream because Maeve mentioned that she has been having dreams when Elsie says what would be the fuck point of that if these people remember what the guests did to them that would not be great for everyone else in humanity terminator rise in the machines but she does say they give them the concept of nightmares which are dreams that are memories when they're down in the body shop during maintenance because the body shop folks are sloppy and they sometimes forget it seems often to wipe their memory Maeve is put back in the races and hot damn she makes a home run she celebrates with another drink and even talks to theodore about the fact that they are both sinners 
The only thing wrong, she says, with the seven deadly sins is the fact that there aren't more of them and points out that while me and my girls take a man and take their breath away, you're a killer and take their breath away permanently. They then toast to indiscretions, past and future or something to that effect. But Teddy is then killed by a very drunken guest. I like the fact that you heard what was coming even as the hosts are talking to each other because they're in their own little world we know now by bernard that this is something they do to humanize each other but it's also social interaction they're learning from each other and that's very much what humans do and then you hear in the background this guy being like get away from my table what the fuck you know i don't tell me what to do he's clearly belligerent and then just as they're toast he of course picks out the guy in the room that looks like he is a punching bag and straight out of a western movie (laughs) and Maeve has to watch him take multiple shots to the chest and body she then prepares for bed and recalls a child and clutches her tummy we saw her clutching her tummy before as she's had some discomfort she falls asleep and I love that once she goes to sleep she immediately goes into the dream which is actually a memory of a daughter she had on a prairie type of farm it was a very idyllic little life until an attack with native americans and cowboys ruins things she's almost scalped but gets away rescues her daughter the two run inside the house but they are stalked by a native american man He's passing by the windows, but when the door opens, it's the man in black. Oh, there's a fucking surprise. This dude is Freddy Krueger. He's like, welcome to your nightmare, bitch. I've been in everybody's nightmares and all y'all dreams and memories. I've been coming here for 30 years. I've been fucking ruining lives. (laughs) She counts herself awake and then she is in the body shop with two techs named felix and sylvester that are cleaning her and it turns out that she had mrsa MRSA, and sylvester is appalled by this because he says these guys are sloppy down here felix says i have really good hand washing hygiene but sylvester disagrees and says nah bruh it's about the fucking bubbles you just lap that shit on they realize Maeve is awake and immediately freak the hell out because they do not wake from sleep mode. She grabs a knife and further they freak out. And I like that they explain why they didn't just bum rush her. Not only because quite frankly, she is 10 times stronger <laughs> than their fragile little bodies. And they are highly aware of that despite her being unaware of that. But not only that, they says, you know, she's worth a lot of money and you can't damage her or they'll have to file a report. They don't want no heat on them. He thinks he's forgotten to put it in sleep mode. So they try to talk to her. She's like, get the fuck away from me and makes her escape into modern society, butt ass naked. And if that wasn't shock enough, seeing a familiar face amongst a whole bunch of people, that look like you being hosed down and tossed around like sacks of grain 
certainly is gonna cause quite an appalling shockwave in your brain felix and sylvester find her subdue her and aren't planning on saying jack shit it had to be like a holocaust at that moment in her mind like oh my god i wake i'm being uh someone's doing surgery on me i am in a place i don't recognize and then i am seeing myself treated or my kind my people treated like cattle what the hell is going on dolores too wakes but this is from her bed at night once again she goes outside in the backyard says here before i'm burying a gun that is not gonna be good vivisection self cannibalism these are the very shitty storylines that lee sizemore has rolled out for odyssey on red river he presents it to ford who has shown up this time to weigh on the narrative and tells him no 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 he tells him i'm making the new storyline myself because you've missed the whole point of this place but this storyline does tell me about how perverted you are you can hand me them damn boots though before trekking back into westworld with bernard at his side and he's like this is gonna piss off some people it's gonna ruffle some feathers man and he's like it's all good i'm gonna have the narrative to them on time and it's gonna be an original and we spot a church coming out of the sand is that what that is stay tuned next time and we'll find out let's jump into the feedback What up, Christina? It's Mimi uh, sending in feedback for Westworld um, Season 1, Episode 2. After seeing this episode, I'm pretty sure I made it through Episode 2. I know I saw both these episodes, and I I have to watch it. I haven't watched it yet, but I think I saw Episode 3, too. So I think 3 was the last one that I saw. And after watching this, like I, I, I realized why... I stopped watching because it's this shows like this are hard for me to get a grasp on um, because because I don't know exactly what's going on and I know they're just world building it loses my interest and I remember um, the reason I started watching it was because uh, we had got rid of HBO when Darren was watching it live um, after it, it season three ended we got rid of it because we were getting showtime because i wanted to watch shameless and i don't know what i know you don't i don't think you have cable but cable's expensive and like each of the premium channels are 15 bucks so don't nobody want to be paying 30 dollars a month for hbo and showtime so we usually we just alternate between the two but hbo decided they were going to have some free like I don't know on demand I don't remember why but they were letting us watch the show for free and I was watching Lovecraft um no it wasn't Lovecraft uh it was the other one um what was that show you you we had with Regina King you know what I'm talking about we were watching that and I was watching the Game of Thrones and I started watching I watched Westworld first 
and I went to Game of Thrones and then I went to Westworld again so I was alternating and I'm pretty sure I got to three and then I got to whatever three of Game of Thrones and it was just way more interesting so I was like you know what I'm just gonna binge this and then because the shows were only like 10 episodes long on the Game of Thrones and I was like well I watched these nine seasons or eight I don't remember how many episodes Game of Thrones had and then I'll go back and watch Westworld and then when I finished Game of Thrones it wasn't free anymore and we didn't have HBO um so that's why I stopped because just it it was interesting like I like this episode more and I enjoyed the beginning of it because we got to see like from the customer's point of view and then there's a one of the guys who clearly this is his first time and his friend is a fuck boy just I can just tell that off top I don't even think that's his friend was that his fiance's brother I don't remember what their relationship was but I know I would say they were are they at least work together um so they're at least co-workers and they're complete opposites his friend is in there again having an orgy and I gotta honestly I can't even be mad at that I feel like that is something that is somewhat safer to do like I feel like you can have an orgy in real life and ain't nobody gonna it's not gonna it's just still you still gonna be who you are like I feel like that to me would be would make sense why you would go to a place like this to experience like stuff like that that you've never done like jumping off of a waterfall or like being in like a gunfight on horseback like that's something like you know these bullets aren't gonna harm you but it's still fun to be in the west and get into a freaking gunfight or you know you can do like one of those like uh what they used to do when they would be back to back uh behind each other and um they would like walk a certain amount of paces and then turn around and shoot and whoever died lost (laughs) a duel like stuff like that would be cool as hell but like to go pillage a village rape and murder like who who thinks stuff like that is fun like in my mind I just can't even fathom wanting to do that like that don't that don't seem fun to me like a treasure hunt like being being a pirate you know but not like a murderous pirate you know just go stealing you know beating up some some um host or something like that like to to take their stuff like to pretend like you're a tough guy you know you have like a like if you're a scrawny little dork you can have one of the hosts that's like a 300 pound six foot eight tough guy and you beat him up like that that would that's the kind of fantasies i expect people to have but this place lets you do some fucking awful shit like really really sadistic kind of stuff and i just I can't wrap my mind around it and I feel like that's my problem but back to what I was saying about the the first uh scene when he was in there and they were telling him what to expect and she was he was just staring at her and it was so funny because I could just like his mind and the questions and the answers they were similar to what I was thinking like is she real like and she was like you know if you can't tell does it matter and I was like that's a fair point I still want to know though <laughs> Um, I thought that was really, really cool. It gave us an insight on, you know, what they, they see. Because I remember in episode one, when the one guy, I cannot, I always want to call him Chris Pine. And I know that's not his name, 
but he was on the train and he was going to this town and I thought the people on the train were all like uh humans that paid to be in the amusement park but he wasn't he turned out to be um a host because he kept being killed over and over again and now I see that the last scene he's in one of those damn glass boxes whatever the hell that means um I gotta be honest whenever certain people got on the screen I lost my uh attention span and I stopped paying attention so there are gaps in it and I noticed that that happens a lot the black scientist bores the shit out of me um I don't know what it is about the the white scientist that maybe maybe it's the stuff she says but whenever that black guy is on the screen he annoys the shit out of me and I um for some reason do not trust uh the uh Hannibal Lecter's character I, I know he's like the owner and I'm assuming he is the one that created the in the the host I don't know why it's just something real suspect about him and I don't know if maybe he used to be crazy and he's the reason he's okay now is because he don't make the storylines I don't know it's just I get like he has a weird vibe and it's similar to it it it's kind of like the other writer like his emotions are pretty straightforward and on the out like on on his he wears them on his sleeve he's a narcissistic prick like that's just it the other guy is too I don't know I don't trust people that are too soft-spoken and too calm all the time because the kind of job that they have there's no way you should not have any emotions that shit's not normal and it to me if you're looking at these hosts like you know they're not real but they look so human that you could forget i just can't i don't know that i don't know how i would have how i could have a job like this because at the end scene poor mave is what her name is huh, like i i cannot fathom how they thought making these hosts dream was going to be acceptable and I understand that they're not really dreams but if you don't know that you're not human all the time and it seems as though they only know that they're not human is when they're in a specific mode so when they're in these when they're in their story to them they're human like they don't know no better it doesn't seem like or at least not all of them because they seems like they deflect like even when that little boy asked the other girl you're not real you you're not real she never said yeah i'm fake i'm not a human being i just don't it doesn't seem like that would make sense to program that in them so you know when they have these reoccurring um visions of past lives it just comes off as a nightmare and if you're constantly i don't (laughs) i i have no idea how the inner workings of these hosts work but I can say that if you were a human being and you were constantly having night terrors where you, they would wake, where you would wake up and not be able to go back to sleep, eventually that lack of sleep is going to cause some type of uh, mental break. So I'm assuming that's what's happening, at least with Maeve, um, because I got to be honest with you, like I, when she woke herself up and she was on that table i was like what the fuck is happening like i was just as shocked as she was 
like she didn't look like the reaction of a host that knows that they're a non-human being she looked like a human scared to death because she's on the table naked and she don't remember being there and she has her gut open <laughs> that's some fucking terrifying shit and it cannot be be like it she just can't be okay and i just for the life of me i cannot fathom like what the hell is happening and i think that's I got to push past that and keep going. And once I go past episode three, I think maybe I'll get the answers that I'm looking for. The last little bit I want to touch on is um, the guy you referred to as the man in the black man in black. I was calling him the man in the hat because he seems to be the only one that these main characters that wears that weird looking sheriff countryman. I don't know. He looks like a villain. Yeah, I'm going to call it a villain hat because that's what it looks like. Um, now, I I get the feeling because he says I've been going, I've been coming here for 30 years and he wants to get deeper in the game. So it seems like he knows the inner workings of the game. And I'm thinking, and this is just a theory, so I'm just going to toss this out here. I, I have a feeling that he is somehow involved with uh Hannibal Lecter's character like I don't know if they're they were friends maybe they even created this world together um and somehow maybe the other guy got kicked out maybe he got to maybe they used to make the storylines themselves and they would be actually in it because I would assume that when this first started it was it probably wasn't as big maybe they didn't have as many um hosts so maybe they had to actually be in the actual scenes too i'm not sure but he's looking for something and maybe maybe he's looking for a way to sabotage maybe he's looking for something specific maybe he's the reason these um hosts aren't acting quite right because he was in a scene with Maze, so it looked like one of the storylines he was the bad guy so in like killed her and her daughter is what it looks like so i'm curious to see what'll happen if uh may if i mean right now it looks like she's decommissioned so i don't know if she's gonna be going back in her uh, brothel but it seems as though she might if she saw him maybe that would trigger something because i feel like the reason that that those memories are so buried so deep and they don't remember but she woke up from a dream and she was not in a story so would they even think to delete the stuff before and she was apparently supposed to be in sleep mode and wasn't and i believe the guy did put her in sleep mode but she overrid it and woke herself up because she had that nightmare so i don't know i'm very interested i know she's not gone because i know she is one of your favorite characters christina so she gotta be still in this so I guess I, I guess actually I can't wait to go on to the next episode just to see what happens. So um, I am going to end it here. Um, I'm actually going to go jump into Misfits now. So um, until next time, love, peace, hair grease, and black girl magic. Queen of the couch, Mimi out. That was Lamia with her thoughts on the episode. A lot of the content, I can only say very curious. Very, very curious. <laughs> I am going to enjoy this journey with you guys so much. I'm just going to let y'all know that right now. 
Watchmen was the show that we were watching on HBO with Regina King. And no, I do not have cable. I don't believe in that cord. I haven't had that cord in like eight to nine years. (laughs) I just, I don't like cable. I like going through whichever subscription I want to do that month. Sometimes I have the same, but most likely I usually get one or two or whatever I need. Yeah, sometimes I, I spring a little bit. Like right now, I think I have three. I have Prime, but that's mainly for my shopping as well. So it's kind of like a bonus to get any video content. I have Hulu and I have HBO. Oh, and Netflix. And Netflix. James Marston is the dude that you're thinking of. He does not look like Chris Prime pine even a little bit chris pine is fine james marston not so much uh and i get what you mean being having harmless fun like if you're gonna come here and have sex with fake people you know it's a little disgusting a little creepy but hey if it really feels real and it's a free space to cheat and it's technically not cheating why not why not Uh, have fun one i mean it's the same as getting a blow-up doll except this shit is much better that's all it is so as much as he is a dickwad he is a normal dickwad he's not wanting well he's a little sadistic with putting the knife in the guy's hand you couldn't have said fuck he did say fuck off the first time i will give him that (laughs) and the guy was like no i'm gonna plead my case that is kind of on you sir because but it's a defenseless person that can't fight back and that's the part where it's wrong but yeah having fun shooting cowboys the premise of this place is not bad it's not it's just the parts where it gets really weird and you can tell that it gets really weird because when you walk into town you're they're talking about a union we're gonna fight for our union so the confederacy is around at this point in time (laughs) we have native americans we have cowboys we know what happened at this time in history it wasn't pleasant nor was it pg-13 so there is that um for being suspicious is he suspicious i don't know we will find out bernard being boring that made me laugh my ass off he's like i can't even deal with what he's doing he's boring as hell <laughs> but everything else in your feedback i i can only just say very curious but i agree finding out you know your world is not like you're waking up to a place in which nothing is familiar and yet you see a familiar face that's got to be really fucked up to your conscious your cognition what is this park what is it all about what is this technology that they're using all of these questions that you have will get answered and i believe that the answers is what makes this story very very fascinating so let's get on to who we have next last but not least queen shy hey christina it's me shy i am here to discuss uh episode two of westworld and yeah it's um it's i'm definitely yeah i'm definitely seeing the groundwork in some questions are being answered in this one and of course your podcast from the first episode definitely helped out um quite a bit 
and understanding the world, um, this actual world. Um, and so, of course, in this one of my questions was answered, you know, by you and by this episode in regards to how the world works with the guests. So we see that they, um, you know, they arrive and they emerge into this world through that train thing. Um, I just find it interesting that, um, and I like what Mimi said as well in her feedback, you know, you know, obviously, you know, you have to have money to even be a part of this world, number one. And number two, um, how does this world, um, affect who they are when they go back to their actual world, the real world, um, when they leave that place and, you know, have to interact with the real world after anything goes, you don't have, you don't get to die, you get to do whatever you want, you get to kill, rape, you know, whatever, um, you know, the sky's the limit in this world, and then you go back to a world where, to a society where there are laws and rules, and, um, and so how do you, how does that world, the West world world, (laughs) Um, affect how you interact with the real world when you have to go back to those restraints and um, those society norms so yeah it's very interesting um, question to ask and a fair question to ask and that brings me to that man in black um, which I guess we don't still know I mean I mean I looked up I had to look up their cast names because I'm like I'm not gonna remember um their names uh, so I was trying to get uh, their names so I can say it this uh, feedback but yeah the guy and then of course I call him Ed Helms but it's Ed Harris uh, I don't know I got definitely two completely different um, actors but um, that's who I was trying to remember I knew it started H his last name but anyway um so I'm really it's very interesting um so obviously he's like the he said he's been doing this for 30 years so he's like a um premier guest or prime guest or prime customer um one of their the elite customers um that he gets to do whatever he wants but then again going back to what Mimi said and what you um talked about as well Christina how does that affect a person he's been doing this stuff for 30 years you know he's and now he's talking about not leaving I mean you get to the point where your actual reality the actual society that you live in does is no longer appealing to you I mean that's the take that I'm getting from it that he would much rather just live in this world where he gets to you know basically run things do whatever the hell he wants and you know there's no consequence so um i'm wondering what he's still back to uh, my original question you know he's got this maze i'm wondering what he's looking for i mean is that all part of the game or is he going beyond that or is he um going off script so to speak so that would be interesting to find out and then my other question becomes why is it just this 
storyline like these scenes this scenario you know the wild wild west type thing i'm like i personally i guess i'm just thinking of myself when i say that's that wouldn't be uh that wouldn't be my choice (laughs) of a world that i would want to escape to um not very exciting to me um that society that time frame that you know i can think of tons of other um scenes scenarios worlds that i would rather escape and be a part of than that so um yeah it's kind of interesting how they pick that and then they keep going along with that type of theme because even with this sizemore guy i mean it's still a wild wild west type theme the red river thing that they have going on it's like they can't depart from that and do like something completely different um i don't know like go back to um like have an africa theme (laughs) i don't know just something different than just that so i don't know i just found that interesting so i guess if you the only ones that would want to be a part of that are the ones that would like that type of um uh fantasy so to speak so then we um were introduced to the new guy billy um i'm trying to understand his angle because it's like i mean i mean why are you even doing it if you're not really seem to be you know wanting to do it if that makes sense i mean i know his friend logan um i mean I, again he's talking about it's not my friend so i'm like i i'm not understanding hopefully that'll make a little bit more sense you know like why would you come with a dude that you don't like and it's not, you don't consider a friend um so uh, i'm assuming he talked to him about it and his curiosity got the best of him but then it's like he doesn't want to get engaged in too much of the the goings on there um but maybe that's just how it is when you first do it you know you're kind of more restrained and because again society tells you you know what's right and what's wrong and and especially this guy he seemed like he's a bit of a um button-up type fella so it's gonna take him a little bit longer to loosen up to how this world works and so um and of course logan is there to guide him in a way um but yeah and like he's not wanting to partake in any of the activities that they have going on um this first time around so i mean maybe and that's probably what we're supposed to see i mean which makes it which would be interesting to see um going back to again what Mimi um have brought up and you talked about is how does this world affect people so we see so we're gonna see from start to finish maybe like how this guy how we see this guy in the beginning buttoned up you know very um not wanting to you know deviate too far from what he knows and this world is you know new to him so at first he's not you know open to doing the things that his friend who's been there who's been going there quite a bit has been doing so it'll be fun to see or interesting to see you know the difference he is from now until however long he's we we get his character on the um show and how he evolves into a, a different person which is um the point so you get to 
figure out who you are or you get to see another version of yourself and again I mean he brought this up you know that um those primal feelings those primal thoughts come out of you um like you would never thought that you would rape someone or kill someone or rob someone um and all of a sudden you know this world gives you that allowance and then next thing you know you're engaging in those activities that you never thought you would do and then that does affect you in some way um, you can't help but be affected by that when you go back to the real world so that's um very interesting we see that the hosts are having these memories and they're starting to be affected in some way um, by their um, previous memories we got more of mauve in this one and we got to see her um, previous um, life quote-unquote um, when she had a daughter and they of course the man in black comes into play on this one so that'd be I'm very curious as to because um, it's I mean it seems like they're going towards a like the like um, like you know like a ter the terminal type thing where you know the machines take over the machines you know that type of thing like you know we thought we were in control and the machines are starting to get intelligent and starting to take over um that type of concept which is very interesting um because Dolores so I wonder if that gun that she has can actually kill guests so that's what I'm like, hmm, because why would they focus on that, you know, because as we saw, which I thought was, I'm like, okay, this is dumb, you know, when um, the man in black was with Lawrence in his town, and then everybody's shooting at him, and he doesn't, like, he's not affected, it, I don't know, it just seems like, okay, why are we bothering doing this, I mean, I, I know it's part of the, uh, whatever, the experience, but still, it's just like, okay, he's not gonna die, no matter how many times you shoot him, and so in the meantime, and you know, he's just shooting up the place and they're still trying to shoot him like it's going to do something, um, which I thought was weird. And I also thought it was weird that Lawrence, I mean, again, that's part of the story that Lawrence let his wife die. And so the daughter is the one that revealed the maze information. So, yeah, that was very interesting. I kind of rolled my eyes like, okay, wait, you know, seriously, really? <laughs> You're going to keep shooting him? Like, no, it's not, not going to work, guys. Not going to work. Um, so, very interested in that. Um, again, trying to figure out what he's after. And then, I'm sorry, I'm just, it's just so much going on. But the, the low, um, low guy, um, black guy, yeah i'm trying to understand what he and dolores are doing so i'm not quite knowing what that's about but it seems like he has his own agenda and then we have um ford um anthony hopkins uh character um yeah it's very interesting uh what he has going on i'm wondering if that little boy was a younger version of him that he was talking to when he's talking about being bored and all that good stuff and he's you know that was his creative mind you know going you know what do you call it um going back to your younger self the younger version of yourself to get inspiration um to do what he's apparently wanting to do that we saw at the end create this new storyline he's tapping into his younger self to 
get the inspiration I'm thinking and I'm like you know can we not see Teddy die in every (laughs) are we gonna see him die in every episode I'm like can he have something more to do besides (laughs) die um I mean he's I mean I like it I mean I like him from X-Men and you know the actor so I'm like it would be nice to see him do a little bit more than that and I'm very curious as to how that experience in the real world is gonna uh, affect Maeve how you say her name because that was weird that she woke up and then I'm like where's it you know me and when it comes to stuff like that like where's the security I guess they didn't want to sound the alarm because they didn't want to get in trouble the two um whatever they were um so they just went after her you know so some naked black woman just roaming around I'm like don't they got cameras wouldn't they find out anyway but whatever I'll yeah let it go um so yeah um that's interesting how that's gonna affect her um going down the road because it seems like her and Dolores um are starting to evolve into something else and um yeah but um I think you know I can go on because again I enjoyed this episode and I'm really looking forward to seeing all that goes on but I can't I can sit here forever and continue to talk about things but I should not and um I'll leave it at that so until next time much love peace and black girl magic queen of the couch shy that was queen shy with her thoughts on the episode once again a lot of stuff that I can't really say anything about um but good questions <laughs> like well which one Christina I'm not gonna tell you um but as far as you know the different worlds like why would they pick a wild wild west theme well it is based on the movie Westworld I do have to put that out there this is based on a 1973 movie of the same name um so there is that but it's also regarding the it's a a profile into the guests that come here you know the wild wild west you have thrills you have chills you have the beauty of that time and both of those can be serviced to two particular audiences and the more prolific audience clearly we hear from Teresa and other guests are the raping and pillaging kind um so of course you have Lee Sizemore making more stories to cater to that audience and he's willing to kind of sell his creativity type of because some of the lines and and that's kind of why I pay attention to the dialogue a little bit because some of the lines are really funny between the banter between the hosts um like don't give me the one that you strain through fucking curtains like that's hilarious and then you offset that towards what he presented and you have to wonder as a writer myself you know is he burned out is he just writing for his audience and he's just compromised his integrity uh but yeah this type of world the colonialism type of world those are the things where white supremacy was the day and other races were not yeah that's gonna be the type of people that one percent that show up and enjoy this shit so no it will not be any africa 
<laughs> because what would be uh, i mean yes sure you could but as i stated in a previous podcast that africa was primarily french so um white europeans would not take any joy there they moved over to america that's their particular baby project um but yeah it offers all of that and then it's probably you have to think about the person or people that set up this world ford you know he's what 80 fucking 90 years old what he grew up on was cowboys and indians that was the fascinating pop culture theme so that kind of also explains some of the the, why the world is in the wild wild west that's the thrill of the wild wild west remember that horrible ass movie from will smith oh that was so terrible (laughs) people thought that shit was good my ass included i like that movie saw it one time one time went back to look at at it one day and i was like what is this shit i thought this was good I think you and Mimi are are definitely connecting, you know, about the mental psyche. You've latched on to the character of the man in black. I would stay away from trying to get the characters' names on IMDb. I just would. Um, Or any other site for that matter. But yeah, he, he seems to be someone that has been playing this game for a really long time. And even admits, I like being here. So much so that I do not want to go back. He's someone who has influence though. And has money. So you have to wonder. Because you brought up something that Mimi also brought up. Like okay well you know you get to shoot people and do this and this do that. And you don't have to do it in the real world. But these are also people that have a whole bunch of money. And if this guy can get whatever he wants. You have to assume he's got a I mean it's. Did they mention in this? I think they did. It's 30000 a day a day (laughs) to run around this place so if this guy is like i'm gonna take my time and do what i want to do he's got bank if he's got that much bank and he can do anything he wants outside of these walls then what is the draw for someone like this person here one has to wonder if it's just because he's in constant danger and he can't technically be hurt or is there something else to that I think we'll definitely get more regard well i think we'll get more about his character in the coming episodes what else could i actually talk about in your feedback um mave yes her character waking up and no one's not going to say anything and this is a huge but i i will say they've put a lot of because this is not going to be your first time complaining about this i can already tell because you're that type of person like i'm that type of person and you're gonna be like well this is glass walls and they should be saying this is corporate america at its finest and as someone who works in corporate america and didn't know that people was fucking in the rooms and i was literally at my desk there are things that go on <laughs> and undercuts that happen in companies especially if you're one of those companies in which you are already doing cuts and i like the way that they kind of toss out some of that aspect of what it's like in the body shop in the basement about the cameras about what's watching what one why do you need cameras when hosts are cameras so if host is a camera and they record data because you have to think they wipe their memories they're they're visually they're seeing through their eyeballs you know that's the type of thing that the uh, data that they can 
look at because they even mention it like she mentioned she doesn't date so they look at the the, the host for that information right um but then on this episode they also mention after maintenance those interactions are what erased so that's a good um how would they not get caught well they erased the only interaction and the thing it is if you have merchandise that's already serving a purpose why would else did you have cameras around the building that sounds so stupid in a certain way but it makes a whole lot of sense in a corporate way <laughs> that's saving a whole lot of money additionally they've made it clear that everyone is not great at their job here nor do they do the right things for their job well that's behavior well key but you already got infighting so you know that the structure of the company at this point is not like no one's going around doing quality checks is what i'm saying <laughs> and because no one is running around doing quality checks things are going to slip through the fucking cracks these two are at night working on her and they're the only two people there so that also tells you a great deal about the shifts the rotation i think you'll learn a little bit more about rotation um there was a mention i think in this episode i'm not a hundred percent sure yeah it was in the second um in the no in the first episode lee sizemore was talking to Teresa cullen and he mentions that um they're lowered staff because of the fact that some people have just shipped out and they're waiting for a new rotation to get back in so they're they're definitely putting ideas of how this company is run behind the scenes in perspective of there might this is this is important shit but it's also a, a guest place for for rich people to fuck off and this data what do these people know about it what do they not know about it do they need college degrees to work here because it seems like you might not need a college degree to work here so much more i think that you'll learn and realize there was a part of me and i'm still debating it all these seasons um later as if these rooms are actually or were meant to be maybe it was supposed to be said at some point not as clear vescent as they they were supposed to be like the audience can see them as clear and i get it because if you're going room to room there's a certain transparency in each what everyone's doing but because of that transparency it also gives you the mindset of inattention so you're not paying attention to the person that's doing next to you because you've been put in that environment where it gives you the false sense of well everyone's watching because there's clear glass so clearly nobody doing anything they ain't supposed to do and yet is that really the case so i think that we will get more into those rules of what it's like to be an employee <laughs> but i think we've definitely got some information already uh what else were you saying about um logan ford you called him ford i love that mimi called him hannibal lecter <laughs> good guy bad guy time will tell 
And that is it for Westworld this week. If you want to send feedback on the next episode, you can send that to blackgirlcouch at gmail.com. You can send it in written or audio format. You can find this podcast on Podbean, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, Pod, or, well, I already said Podbean, right? Shit. Amazon, wherever else good podcasts can be found. My social media will be below. Remember to like, share, subscribe. And if you have time, run over to iTunes, rate the podcast, leave a review. Until next time, peace, hair grease, and black or magic. <laughs>